0: This is episode number 161 with David Wolf. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to The Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best selling author of Mastering Your Meat Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? David Wolf is a health, eco, nutrition and natural beauty expert. He is a highly sought after health and personal success speaker with over 25 years of dedicated experience and having hosted over 3,000 live events. He has led the environmental change for Radiant Health via a positive mental attitude, eco-community building, living spring water, and the best ever quality organic foods and herbs. He champions the ideas of spending time in nature, growing your own food, and making today the best day ever. He teaches that inspiration is found in love, travel, natural beauty, vibrant health, and peak performance. I've seen him speak live and it was awesome. He has such an amazing energy and such a passion for health and wellness. And you guys are going to love today's episode because we chat about his story and how he got to where he is today doing the work that he now does. What is the sun food diet and why you need to try it? What is sun gazing and how to do it correctly? The most important vitamin you all need How to be happy and cultivate more happiness in your life. What is living wild water and why you need it in your life today. The power of cold therapy, the power of essential oils, and his can't live without oils. Why he doesn't have a morning routine. I loved his take on this. Why you need to listen to your intuition and how you can strengthen your intuition his definition of success and what he attributes his success to, the importance of goal setting and how to do it correctly, the two epic books he would love to see in the school curriculum, what he's working on and would love to improve within himself at the moment, his number one tip for health, his tip for wealth, and his tip for love, and what's bringing him the most joy in his life right now. Plus, there is so much more. I loved this conversation. I have been following David for years, and I was so excited to finally have him on the show. And for everything that David and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 161. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. And this beautiful five-star review from Chloe Montague is titled Love. And she says, absolutely love Melissa's podcast. It's motivating, insightful, and inspiring. Thank you so much, Chloe. I'm so grateful. And if you wanna be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave me your review right now. I cannot wait to read it. And without further ado let's bring on the one, the only, David Wolf. David, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: Fantastic. I had coconut water and Dunnaliella Selena, which is a type of super algae from Western Australia. So because I'm in Australia, I thought, let's have the Australian superfoods. So that was my that was my morning. Coconut water and Dunnaliella Selena or D Selena. It's like a super algae kind of like spirulina.
0: Mmm, yum, that sounds good. I'm gonna have to try that. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm so excited you're in Australia at the moment. But can you tell us, like, how did you get here? Like, tell us about your story and your journey and how you got to where you are today, doing the amazing work that you're now doing.
1: You, you've you got to start somewhere. And so in, in August of 1994 is when I really got started with basically speaking in public on health issues. And I was part of an entrepreneurs group back then. I was 23 years old. And the group was like, you should do a talk. You should do a talk. Why don't you do a talk? Cause they'd see me doing weird stuff like eating an avocado by itself. You know, they're like, can, can you just go up there and tell us why you do that? And so I, I went up there and I did a talk. My first talk was in front of a hundred people and that's where it started. And from that point on, I've been doing these health talks and it just got bigger and bigger. Eventually someone said, Hey, you know, you're talking about these foods. And I think in this case it was spirulina. And, and this gal said, why don't you sell that?" I mean, I want it now. Like, don't you have that here? That's how I got into selling food and superfoods was this gal was just saying, you should have it at your events. And I thought, geez, that's a smart idea. Why don't I have this at my events? So that started about in the mid nineties and it's get Just step by step by step growing. And then eventually got so big, you know, like through social media and, and other avenues that it was like, it got crazy. I mean, it got like, you know, I can I I don't even want to get into the numbers that we've hit over the years, but like for example, just in one month on Facebook, I got a billion views of my videos.
0: Oh my gosh! It got
1: that crazy. Now, what, as soon as you're doing that and you're you're basically competing against the the giant corporations, media corporations, it, they don't like it, and and you could probably guess what happened after that. Is you know, I started getting massively trolled massive amount of death threats i mean all kinds of crazy stuff because the message that i'm promoting isn't the message that the that the mainstream big oil big chemical company big pharmaceutical company wants so they weren't really happy with you know when i got that big but the people are happy the people want the content they absolutely want this information and and just so you everyone knows who's listening right now they are actively blocking it. I got to tell you they're actively blocking you from getting the content that you want. And that's what's so lovely about doing a show like this is they can't they can't stop this, you know, but with the the big social media companies, they have gotten in the way of free speech, no question about it. Absolutely interfered.
0: Oh my gosh. And did your journey start, your health journey start? Like did you grow up being really interested in health and wellness or was there a catalyst, you know, a health scare or something that happened along your journey? Or did you grow up really health conscious?
1: Well, I, both my parents are medical doctors and that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why the system really targets me because they know I know. I know the truth about what's going on in hospitals. I grew up in hospitals. I grew up in that environment. My dad is, you know, he, my dad's done every emergency room surgery there is. So very early on, I realized that there was problems in medicine very early, like seven years old. So at seven, I made a decision, like, I'm not going to have anything to do with this. This is crazy what's going on here, you know, even as a little kid. So, it, as, you know, I just had a knowledge that people didn't have growing up inside that world. And, and that made me aware of certain things early. When I was 14, you know, I think that's probably when it started as a nutrition hobby for me. So nutrition was always, you know, a hobby since about that time, about 14 years old. And then gradually, you know, as I got through higher education, and this is another reason why they, they you know, have targeted me so intensely, because I do have the degrees. I've got two engineering degrees. I have a political science degree. I have a master's degree in nutrition. You know, I've, I've got the degrees. I've got a Juris Doctor in Law. So they, I'm, I've been through their systems. And so when I, when I point out the problems in the systems of medicine, law, e- economics, it, I'm not pointing it out as somebody from, who's an outsider. I've been through their systems. And somewhere around when I was about 23, I thought, I don't want to go through this system. This is crazy what's going on in, in these systems that I was involved in. For example, I was going, going to be getting into patent law, which you know would have been maybe a lucrative job, but just, I just didn't I don't agree with the way these systems work. And so I thought, let me do what my hobby is, which is nutrition. And, and when, as soon as I made that decision, that was the right decision, because that's just a love and a passion. And, It's just great, you know. So that that's really what it was. It was a hobby until I was 23. And then I thought, let me just do this as a career.
0: Mm, Thank goodness you did. And now you travel around the world educating, writing so many books, everything that you do. And you've got your store, obviously, where you sell lots of these amazing products. And there's so many things that I want to chat to you about today, about how we can really upgrade our health and take our health to the next level. But something that I wanted to touch on. Is the Sun Food Diet? Can you tell us? Because I'm sure there's people listening that are like, "What the hell is the Sun Food Diet?" Can you tell us about that and what it is, and and go a little bit deep into it?
1: Thank you. That that's that was my first mega book. That was in 1998 that that book came out, the Sun Food Diet Success System. And in that book is 36 lessons of health, it, it, everything from sun gazing to deep breathing, to raw food, superfood, super, the herbalism strategy. Like, you know, we think of herbs like, oh, I'm sick, I better take echinacea, or, you know, I'm sick, I better take some kind of garlic or something. And really what I'm kind of saying, and what I've been saying since the Sun Food Diet is, you want to be adding these things in all the time so you never get sick, so you never get down the road and have have all these troubles. And, and that's why, you know, over the years, you know, since I started, back in 1994 with the live events, I've actually never missed a single event my entire career. I've made every single event, almost 3,000, actually over 3,000 events in a row because I never showed up sick, never had a cough, flu, cold, fever. So if you really want to get to a place where you're outside of that stuff, if you first of all, you have to believe that it's possible, that you can live without ever being cold, cough, flu, fever, common cold, whatever that stuff is, we found out the cure to that stuff a long time ago. It's your lifestyle. It's your strategy. Most people aren't even catching a cold. They're eating a cold. You know, they eat this food that's just it contaminated with bacteria, upsets their stomach, breaks down their immune system. Next thing you know, they got a cold, cough, a flu, a fever. You know, this is, this is why we've got to like really do a holistic education all the way from the food you're eating to the way you're living, to how much sunlight are you getting, to how much fresh air are you breathing? How much time are you getting on the sand and in the ocean? How much barefoot time are you getting? You know, all of that stuff's in the sun food diet, every bit of it. And then even at the end of the day, usually at the end of the day, sometimes in the morning, though, the sun gazing, and that's, you know, where you look in the sea, barefoot on sand is the best. And you look at the sun just at that last solar distance as it lowers itself below the horizon. That's really the most magical time of the day oh. is that last, you know, four minutes. usually takes, actually in Australia, the sun sets quicker. So it's about two minutes and 50 seconds average. In North America, it's about four minutes. And that's the, that's the magic part of the day.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So the sun food diet is definitely my type of diet. And I've done sun gazing before, but I can you know, tell that there'd be a lot of people listening thinking, you're not meant to look directly into the sun. That's so dangerous. So can you debunk that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you don't want to look directly at the sun when the sun's above you, when it's noon or when it's even four in the afternoon. Only when the sun's at an oblique angle in the atmosphere, so it's got more atmosphere to go through to get to you, that's the best time to sun gaze, which is at the very beginning of the day, like first four minutes a day or the last four minutes of the day. Now, if you're completely new to this, you don't really, it's the whole thing is, first of all, not staring at the sun. You're looking at the sun which is different than like focusing in, let me stare at the sun. That's a different kind of energy. You're looking in the direction of the sun. That's what a sun gaze is. But you start out slow, start out with 20 seconds of looking at the sun, you know, when it's when it's oblique, not when it's above, but when it's oblique, when it's on the horizon. And then you you build up from there and you have to be careful because the sun can burn you, right? Just as it just like getting too much sun, skin um, sun on your skin. So, you know, you got to kind of keep that in mind, but there's an energy that comes from the sun you know, for example, it's been shown that the sun can help you metabolize and produce proteins when you sun gaze. I mean, that's a really interesting discovery. Just by looking at the sun, it's almost like the direct connection to the energy source of our world, right? Because all the plants, everything that's around us, like we eat plants, right? And animals eat plants. Where do the plants get their energy from? They're getting it from the sun. So kind of, it's almost like getting the energy direct from the sun, like a heliovore, as we used to like to say. I mean, that there's something about a human being that, we do have heliovore qualities. We do have sunlight eating qualities. That's the vitamin D3 thing. You know, vitamin D3 you form in your skin from the sunlight. It's very important to health. In fact, vitamin D3 is the most important epigenetic substance ever found.
0: Wow. Okay. And we get that from the sun.
1: Yeah, the sun. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, because we get all this stuff. Don't go in the sun, you know, all this stuff. I get that, right? There's a certain amount, it's too much. But you need sunlight. It's essential.
0: Mm, absolutely. And I think everyone knows that. It's it's not about going out there and frying yourself and getting burned. That is not what you're saying. But, you know, everyone knows how good it feels when they open the curtains and they let that. Natural sunlight in, or you take your shoes off and you go onto the sand, or you go onto the grass barefoot and you feel the sun on your skin. There's something so calming and healing about it. And I think, especially in Australia, we've been brainwashed to be afraid of it and to kind of like completely cover up top to toe and not go outside. And this is not what we're saying. We're saying, you know, be responsible and get some natural light on that beautiful skin of yours.
1: I, I absolutely agree with that. It's just a sensibility. You know, it's so funny. They're like, oh yeah, watch as much TV as you want, but don't go in the sun. You know, it's so crazy. It's like, look, you need sunlight. You don't need to be burning yourself every day, but sunlight being out in the sun, very important part of health. It's very important part of having the best day ever. Cause you know, the sun is associated with happiness right? That's why we always have a picture of a smiley face on the sun. You know what I mean? Like kids will draw a picture of the sun with like a smiley face. It's because it's associated with happiness. And if there's one thing that the sun food diet is about, it's about being happy.
0: Mm, I love that. Not many diets actually talk about that. They're like, avoid this, eat that. They don't actually talk about sunshine and happiness and lifestyle factors and belief, which you spoke about before, which is so important. Like you've got to believe that you can live healthily and without these illnesses and coughs and colds. So I love that you touch on that.
1: That's a big part, actually, of the Sun Food Diet Success System. The first six chapters or lessons in there is about proper thinking and the way we think about things. The negative, the repetitive negative thought patterns and thinking, very dangerous, very dangerous to our health buying into certain things like, you know, whatever, you have 70 years of life, 76 years or whatever, that's whatever the conventional story is like, this is how long your life's supposed to be. You know, if you buy into that, we know from the placebo effect that you're likely to manifest that. So you've got to buy into a better story. If you want to live to be 100, you better buy into a different thing and says, I'm going to make it to 100 and and focus on that. The power of our mind is the main thing that makes us so uniquely human. I mean, the thing about a human being is we have a big old head because we got a big old brain. You know, because compared to every other creature, so that it, we have a different thing going on because of our big head, right? We've got to do things differently. We've got to think things differently because our thoughts will manifest more readily than, say, you know, the thoughts of our nearest living relatives, like primates.
0: Mm, oh, yes. What about happiness? You know, you spoke about happiness and the sun bringing us happiness and. I think that is one of the most important parts of our diet and lifestyle is finding that joy and happiness. So how do we do that? Because I know that there's a lot of people that aren't happy and a lot of people that are suffering right now. And how can they cultivate more joy and more happiness in their life?
1: One of my favorite memes that we've ever done, You know, I was the meme king on social media for many years. And one of my favorites of all of them is rich realizing I create happiness, R-I-C-H, realizing I create happiness. The very first step of being happy is realizing you, you create it. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the emotional situation is. It doesn't matter what's going on with your job. You are creating happiness or not every day, all day long. It's not somebody else. Nobody else is responsible for that. You create it inside your own body. So realizing that you create happiness is a great place to start. We were on a ferry. We just did a huge tour of Western Canada and came over over the border to the United States. And we were on a ferry. And it was a really cool ride and, you know, kind of good energy on the ride. And, you know, we were really happy, you know, just in this great mode. And this guy came walking by and this guy was really happy. I mean, this guy was so happy. We're like, dude, what's going on? Like, I don't know. We didn't know who the guy was, but he was so happy. We just were like, dude, like, you look super happy. Like, what's up? And, and he had just inherited or made a lot of money. And he told us, you know, he's like, dude, I just made so much money. I'm so happy right now. And, and I thought, oh, you know, this is great. We're like, dude, thanks. You know, that's awesome. You know, congratulations. Awesome. But then there's the other side of it, which is this guy could have been walking around that happy without having made all that money. It's just that the money was a trigger for him to accept that happiness was okay for him. Mm. And that's, it was such an amazing, it was very American. It was very American. I was like, it was such a, we had been out of the country for a couple of months and you know, we'd come back in and it was just, that was such an American experience. People wait for things to happen, like making a lot of money before they allow themselves to be happy. It's crazy. Mm. Just realize that you create happiness every day. That's this first, That's step number one.
0: And it's the little things that you can do each day. Like, you know, sometimes I wake up and if I'm feeling like a little bit flat or you know, just not as energetic as I usually feel, I'll ask myself, you know, what's going to bring me the most joy right now? And maybe that is a walk along the beach first thing in the morning, or maybe it's, you know, baking something that I really love or catching up with a friend and whatever that is, I do it. And that is how we cultivate more joy and more happiness in our life. Like you said, we are responsible for it. No one's going to do it for us. No one's going to you know, do the fun things or create the adventures and experiences for us. We are responsible for cultivating more happiness in our life, and that is a huge part of our health and and living our life as best we can.
1: I agree with that. The old another meme phrase, a really good one is if it's going to be, it's up to me. You've got to also listen to your instinct. So your intuition instinct kicks on first thing in the morning. and, and Melissa, it sounds like you listen to your instinct, which is, so much of what I encourage, and, and it's much more common, actually, younger people today are way more oriented to listening to their instinct and intuition, which is so great. The generation is, and generations that have come before have been programmed by the system. This is one of the things that really irks me about the system, which is to go against your instinct and your intuition, which is going to lead to trouble, lead to misery, actually. So when you get up in the morning and a little voice says, do this, do that, do this, and you're like, ah, yeah, I want to do that. It'll make me happy. Do it get up and do it. And instead of what my generation and the generation that came before was dealing with was we get up in the morning and a little voice say, okay, do this, do that, do this. And we go, oh no, I've got to do this. And it was something we hated to do or something we didn't want to do because, you know, our boss said so, or our parents said so, or whatever, the system said so. Today we're, we're in a much different generation. It's just really cool. I like the trend that's happening where people are like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing what makes me happy. And, and they're just living from a place that brings happiness rather than a a place of, you know, something that brings material wealth or something like that. So I'm kind of hopeful for the future in that regard, for sure. It's, I'm very excited about that side of the, of the
0: next generation. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And another thing that you talk a lot about for really upgrading your health and your happiness is living water. Now, I've had over a hundred amazing guests like yourself on the show, and there's a common theme between a lot of them. You know, sleep is one, diet is another, but clean water is another one. And no one's really spoken a lot about living water. So can you tell us about what living water is? Because, you know it really it really concerns me that, people are still drinking tap water and and it's full of fluoride and chlorine and heavy metals and i feel like because they're not having a direct it's not affecting them in the moment they're like oh it's fine you know it's not doing anything to me but can you talk a little bit about this living water why it's so important and why we need to be really mindful of what we're drinking
1: Phenomenal. That's such a great question. This this is something that is so near and dear to my heart. It's so essential. We really don't know anything about water until we start drinking the waters from the earth as the earth purifies it. And that's called spring water hunting. And I've been a spring water hunter for, it's getting close to 25 years. It's been actually 20, 24 years. And that means I have gone to all over the world, to Iceland, Europe, South Africa, all over Australia, all over the North American continent, S- Central America, South American continent, hunting for wild water, how the water comes out of the earth, Southeast Asia, how the water comes out of the earth, how does the water purify the earth, how does the earth purify the water to begin with? And that's really the basis of our understanding of how clean water is created. It's filtered through sand, it's filtered through coal, it's filtered through stones and pebbles. It it's filtered through layers of calcium and the water comes out free of bacteria and ready to drink. And this is the thing that's so amazing about spring water. And this is the, you know, the brainwashing is so crazy on this, like, oh no, that's water from nature. You don't want to drink that it Could have bacteria in it. Look, there's nothing more dangerous than the waters of civilization. The tap water has every single known chemical in it, everything you can think of. let's say heavy metal contamination. Let's say, you know, there was arsenic. There's been arsenic found in tap water. There's been mercury found in tap water. There's been fluoride in tap water, obviously. There's chlorine in tap water. There's pharmaceutical debris in tap water. There's used toilet paper debris in in tap water. I mean, every single contaminant that exists in the world, every single toxin has been found in tap water. So that right there ought to tell you like, whoa, if I don't get a filter, I'm going to become a filter. Mm. you don't get a filter you're going to become a filter but how do those filtration systems work just like the earth works right it goes through a battery of pebbles then it goes through a calcium then it will go through a layer of charcoal then it will come out you know through layers of like my my place i i refitted every single one of those canisters and redid them myself put my own stuff in there the last two of them are filled with crystals under pressure and one of them is filled with jewels under pressure like little tiny jewels broken down and and the water has to flow through that to come out the other side, and that's at our plate at our farm in Hawaii. And that I learned that I learned about filtration. I learned about that whole thing from the way nature does it, you know, at springs like in in Sydney outside of Sydney. There's in the Blue Mountains. There's numerous springs. We went to one the other day. Best time ever. There's a great one outside of Melbourne called Donna on the top of the mountain, Donna Buong. Also amazing spring there and. It, that's where I'm coming from. I'm a spring water hunter. I drink spring water. I drink spring water in glass. If I can't, you know, if I'm in a situation like I got stuck in, in Brisbane today, so, you know, I'm I'm stuck. I don't have any vehicle. I'm stuck in the city. So I'm going to drink spring water in glass because I don't have a better choice. However, you always have a better choice than the plastic water, which is the worst, right? You know, plastic, forget it. Tap water, of course, you want to drink tap water unless it's heavily, heavily purified and filtered. But generally what we're doing is we're always going wherever we go, whatever city we go, we spend a day in that city going to to the springs or spring that's in that region.
0: And what if there's not one in the region?
1: There always is. See, that's a great question because no matter where I've ever been, everyone's like, oh no, we don't have that here. It's like, oh yes, you do. You need to ask and look. You actually need to look before you respond. And what's amazing when I hear, when somebody says, oh, we don't have that here. I know they never looked they never looked. So they're responding from a program. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They never did any research. They don't know. And that's a very important thing to be aware of in yourself is when we're responding from programs about food, about diet, about lifestyle, about health, it's almost all of our responses are programmed. It's what this person said. It's what grandma said. It's what our mom said. It's what our second grade teacher said. And so whenever, you know, if you, right now, even if you went, Oh, we don't have that here, right? It's like just like you did, Melissa, if somebody's listening, they go through that. That's a hundred percent programming. You didn't look. You don't know. As soon as you look, you're going to go, What, huh? What, whoa. I mean, like, for example, the main place in the world where I get, we don't have that here. This is Los Angeles. That's the main place where I get that response. And, and this is so crazy. Right down the street from a place that I spent a lot of time growing up as a kid in Santa Monica, California. Is a Native American sacred site. It's right between Barrington and Westgate, right off of Wilshire Boulevard, right there next to the four hundred and five freeway. For anybody listening in LA, it's right that the, there's a school there now. The part of that school, quadrant of that school, is, is actually sectioned off because there is a spring there. There's actually four springs there. They've always been there all along, all those years, right down the street. Where I was doing lectures, and everyone went, "We don't have that here." And guess what? There it was. It was there, right down the street. But we never looked. We didn't know. And it was amazing how we found that spring. I found that spring because one day I was at at headquarters, which is literally right across the street. And and we we're doing a project at that school, which is uni high school, where the Doors went to. I don't know if you're a Doors fan, but I am. And the teacher there, she said, hey, you want to do the talk today at the spring? I was like, what are you, the spring? What are you talking about? She said, the spring? Yeah, it's a spring out here behind the school. I said, what you, like a spring where water's bubbling out of the ground? She said, yeah. I said, let's go. And that's how I found that spring. Totally miraculous.
0: Oh, wow. I think Daniel Vitalis, who's a mutual friend of ours, I think he told me about a website. I think it's called findaspring.com.
1: That's right. That's the name of a website. You can find these springs. Even better, though, even better is to ask around. Because like in my neighborhood, I've got numerous springs around my neighborhood but I don't tell people where they are because <laughs> then next thing you know, the state's coming in, they're going to regulate it. They're going to put a meter on it. They're going to pour a hundred tons of concrete into it. These things happen all the time. There was one in Southern California that was on find a spring and boom, the fire department showed up there. They poured a hundred tons of concrete into the spring and shut it off because they didn't want people going there. What? I mean, this is how insane that that's, that's what I'm saying about these systems are completely at odds with instinct and intuition at this point in our history. I mean, they're just completely have no, they make no sense whatsoever. Like this is a wonderful, beautiful spring that's feeding the ecosystem. People are going over there and getting their spring water. Everyone's loving it. It's a real happy experience. And then the, the system shows up and just goes, we're, we're pouring a hundred tons of concrete into this. We can't have this. That's how crazy it is. Mm. And that's why, you know, like I'd recommend asking locals, talking to local people and finding out where those springs are, a lot of them are on private property, just getting permission to go there. They people love it. They love it when you're into spring water. If they're, you know, if they own a place that has a spring on it, they love you coming there. And so that's that's why, you know, even beyond like a website, it's a good place to start. Get just get out and talk to people, ask questions. Go to the local health food store it goes, where's that spring at? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, there's this great spring over here and there. That's really where the magic happens because it's part of relating not only to each other, but to the natural ecosystem.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. A link to find a spring in the show notes, but definitely get out there and ask. I also wanted to touch on the fact that it's not just about the water that you drink. It's the water that you shower in as well, because some people just put a filter on their kitchen sink, but then they're still brushing their teeth in the chlorinated water and they're still showering in that chlorinated water. And I want you to just tell everyone about how that still affects your system because your body, your skin, your largest organ is drinking that water. And when you're in the shower and that water is heated, the chlorine is releasing, which is even more toxic, isn't it?
1: Right. You're breathing it in. The trihalomethanes, they're they're breathable chlorine, hot water with chlorine in it. I'd recommend getting a system like for your whole house. So when the water comes in, I was just staying with a friend in Perth, And they had a system for their whole house. They just had this beautiful house in Coogee Beach, really awesome spot. Three story house they got. There's like they finally got their dream, and they put a water filtration system at at the intake of the whole house, which makes it really easy. And then what I would do in that case is because the even every even the best filtration systems don't get it all. Then I'd put a secondary filtration for like your kitchen sink, at your shower, and you know maybe for your other appliances. So that way, you know, you have extra levels of filtration happening and just, just kind of, you know, get, get the last of it out because you can't really get a hundred percent of the fluoride out with one filtration system, but you do get a very, you'll you'll get almost all of it out with a secondary filtration system. That's just a simple for example, let's say you have a whole house filtration system, then a shower filter, the shower filter will get Pretty much the last of that 0.1 percent that gets throughout. So you know you're going to increase your the quality of your water that way, and and that's what we do. That's what I recommend. It, I mean, I, I'm, I apologize. It's come to this point, right? It's so crazy. Our systems are so out of whack with how we move water around. Like for example, in my house, I have two spiral pipes installed in the pipeline in the line. So one of my houses is on spring water. That's my house in, in Ontario, Canada. We're on spring water there. And the water comes out of a spring. So it, it's pushed up to the house through a spiral pipe. There's a spiral in the pipe. So the water likes to move in spirals. It's happier that way rather than straight lines and right angle turns. And then when it gets to the house, it's spiraled again. And then when it comes out of every outlet, for example, in my, in my shower, it's spiraled a third time. So it goes through three spirals before it comes out in the water. You can't believe what the quality of that water in your skin, what it feels like, because you're absolutely right. You do absorb all those chemicals through your skin. Absolutely correct about that. And it's more dangerous to breathe it in and absorb. It's sometimes more dangerous to shower in that water than to drink it.
0: Mm.
1: What as crazy as that sounds? If you take a long, hot shower, ooh, dangerous with, with the volatile chlorine and fluoride, and then it's all hitting your skin as well. So that's, that's, you know, the basic puzzle comes down to two pieces. You got to have filtration, but I also recommend spiral pipes mm. because it moves the water spirally through your home. You know, when you turn a, a sink on, it goes, da, 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 you ever had that experience?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, that's the water trying to break the pipe because it's turbulent in there. It's not happy. As soon as you get the water moving spirally in the pipe, the water will never make that kind of sound it's not because that, that whacking that, 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 that's the pipe shaking and hitting like a like a fixture or hitting a, a a corner of the of the wall or something in the wall and what's happening is the water's turbulent in that pipe and it's trying to break the pipe apart as soon as you get that water moving correctly, the water comes in laminar is actually the engineering term and so instead of turbulent flow, you have laminar flow, and the water comes through gentle and nice and tappy water has a consciousness. And the way we treat water is the way we treat ourselves.
0: Yeah, there's that water experiment that's on YouTube that you can look up. I don't know what it's called, but it, just type in water experiment in YouTube. But we are the same. We have put a filter on our entire house. So it comes through the, the main outlet, it comes through. And then we have put a water structurer on each individual outlet. So it goes through the reverse osmosis water filter, and then it goes through again, the water structurer sounds similar to what you were mentioning before. And it's, it makes such a difference, but I'm curious to know, what do you do when you're traveling? Do you just not shower?
1: Well, you know, when I go to a spring, one of the things we like to do is get in, we get into the spring and that's really fun, you know, where you can actually like jump in because it's cold. Spring water comes out cold, right? So this is, One of the wonderful things that Wim Hof is doing these days, he's the ice man. This message I've been putting out there for 20 years, which is the importance of getting into cold water and jumping into ice water and jumping into glacial melt. And, you know, this is like you want you talk about a drug. That's the best drug in the world is actually just like jumping into ice cold water. It's just invigorating. So we do that. When I go to a spring, you know, people go, oh, it's not going to do anything different than regular water until they until they wash their hair in spring water. And they go, my God, what is this? What's going on? How does the spring water cause my hair to shine and, and, have, and have body? You know, all these things that shampoos and conditioners are trying to do is done automatically by spring water. Mm. And that's. It, it, I'll turn that over to your own investigation. Anybody listening right now, go to a spring, bathe in it, and put your hair in it, wash your hair in it with no, no soap, no shampoo, no conditioner, no anything, and watch what it does to your hair. And that, that right there is so enlivening to people because they go like, oh my God, what the heck is going on? So you know when when people ask me what I wash my hair with, I was like spring water, of course, it's the best. So does that mean I never take a shower? No, I'll take a shower, but I'll take a like if I'm in a hotel, it's a quick shower, one minute I'm in and out because I don't want to be breathing that chlorine and that other stuff that's in there. So I go in, do get the job done, get out as quickly as possible. The less time you spend there, the better.
0: Yes, I agree. Sometimes you know when I'm traveling, I and I'm in a hotel room and I I turn the tap on and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can fully smell the chlorine. I'll just do like a bird bath. I'll just do a quick little bird bath. And then, yeah, the same as you, get in and out as quickly as I possibly can. Or yeah, just do pits and bits, as I like to say. But thank you so much for that. It's really important. My in-laws are on 30 acres in the hinterland and they're all on rainwater. So, But they still filter that through that and restructure it as well. So there's lots to think about. And it's something that is often overlooked and I really wanted to touch on it because you are so passionate about it and, you know, just having, you know, drinking the tap water, it's just not good enough anymore and we're made up of so much water. And so it's something that I really want everyone to just start to think about and, and, you know, investigate or maybe putting a filter on your entire house and just start to think about it. But another thing that you are really passionate about and myself as well is essential oils. So how can we use essential oils to upgrade our health and happiness?
1: You know the the king of the essential oils is frankincense. They almost never would you find me anywhere in the world without frankincense actually on my person because just smelling it increases the vibe. Just you just smell it boom. You know there's that connection you know with a smell and a memory. You know that thing that we have where you, sudden you smell something and a memory pops in. And there's a connection between smell and our ability to recall. So for example, like rosemary essential oil is known to improve memory. If you smell rosemary essential oil and then go and take a test, for example, your memory will be improved. That's really amazing. And the top of the king of all the essential oils, frankincense, it, it hits every level. It hits every one of those buttons. It feels like it improves everything. It improves your happiness, your well-being, your feelings of, of being centered. And being in homeostatic balance it's just awesome so i always have that one on me i'll use lemon essential oil rosemary essential oil i like lavender like for a bathtub or whatever so i'll throw a whole bunch of sea salt in a bathtub or magnesium salt in a bathtub like epsom salt and then at my house because obviously you don't want to do a bathtub when it's filled with chemicals and chlorine but if it's clean and you're able to take a nice clean bath you throw all the chemicals out the window you throw all the essential oils in with the magnesium salt. And wow, is that that's just such a great way to make, wake up in the morning. In fact, you said Melissa earlier about like you get up in the morning and certain things will come in, pop in, say, do this, do that, do this. So I've had things happen where I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get in that bath. I'm gonna th- get a hot bath going. I'm gonna throw in all those essential oils like frankincense and lavender and rosemary and pine. I love doing Douglas fir and some of the pines. Those are really fun. And then I'm gonna go sit in there and I'm gonna listen to success seminars, you know, where people talking about how you can have a better life, how you can be wealthier, how you can be healthier, No, you know, because I like listening to that stuff too, all the time. That's really important to program yourself in the right way. And then I'm going to get up right out, out of that bathtub and boom, suddenly start making phone calls, you know, so I'll listen to those little voices. And a lot of times they tell me to do that, get the essential oils out, get the magnesium salts out, get that bathtub clean and ready and, and go for it.
0: Yes, I call that a goddess bath with the Epsom salts and the essential oils. And we've got two places, one in Queensland and one in Sydney. And our house in Queensland has a bath, but our one in Sydney doesn't. So whenever I'm there, honestly, that's one of the first things I do in the morning is a goddess bath. I get in there, I'll listen to an inspiring podcast or I'll watch an inspiring video and just soak in that beautiful Epsom salts and essential oils and that clean, living, live, wild water. It's just one of the best ways to start the day.
1: Truly. Absolutely awesome. And it's great to have essential oils on you as your perfume and cologne. I was just with Therese Kerr. You may know Therese. And, and she has been investigating how many things are in fragrance and how many things are in our perfumes and cologne and how many dangerous chemicals are there. It's, a, it's alarming. Absolutely alarming, you don't need any of that stuff. all you need is essential oils. you're good. that's it,
0: yeah, absolutely agree. They're my perfumes, you know I use them in my with fractionated coconut oil or olive oil all over my body in my hair they're the best, so I love that you love them too. It's the best
1: yeah it's I, always on me at all times and it, it, and another thing too I just want to add this in if you're somebody listening right now and you're into essential oils and you get low on your favorites let's say your your, your favorites frankincense and lavender. What you do is every time I go to a spring, I'll open the essential oil bottle up and quickly top it up with with spring water. So it's a mixture of like, I don't know, usually when it gets down to about 25% essential oil left, I'll top it up with spring water. So now it's filled back up and it stretches the the essential oil longer. So for example, the, the frankincense that I'm traveling with right now actually has Machu Picchu spring water in it. Wow. It's topped up and with the frankincense. They're together. So where I'm at a party, I'm at an event, whatever. I'm I'm not only using the frankincense on myself as like a cologne and just like the vibe up, but I'm also passing it around and putting on people's hands so they can put it into their, you know, put it, put it through their hair, put it through the, on their face, put it on their, their body. And then they know it's a combination of Machu Picchu spring water with essential oil because the essential oil will kill off any bacteria that could form in the water and the water will last. So it's, it's fascinating. That's just a fun little hobby that I do, but I just wanted to throw that in there.
0: I want to come to a party with you so we can do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's all, I, I like throwing parties and if you could ever make it, I think you'd have the best time ever.
0: Oh, yes, I will definitely do that. Next time I'm in Hawaii, I will definitely let you know. Yay. All right. So let's talk about your morning routine. We spoke a little bit about, you know, getting up and having a bath and some Wim Hof techniques. What do you do in your morning routine? Do you have a regular one? And, and how do you set yourself up for the day?
1: That's so great. Thanks for asking that. I, I'm, one of the things that is really important for me as an ethic, it's very unusual and I'm very different in this regard. And it's something I've been doing since I was probably about 14, is I don't ever do the same thing every day. I change it up all the time because I get bored quickly. So, you know, one day I'll get up and I'll go for a run. The next morning, I'll get up and I'll read for two hours. The next morning, I'll get up and I'll make some kind of crazy drink and then go play the drums. I'm also a drummer, you know. And by the way, my band is in Sydney. My my two bandmates are in Sydney. Young, I'm I'm more than twice their age. They're 23 years old each. <laughs> the best ever. Anyway, so some you know, some days I'll get up and I'll just go. My little inner knower goes, go play music, and I'll go. Okay, I'm gonna go play music. Some days I'll get up and I'll just start making phone calls. Some days i get up and I'll make some, you know, like the, like today, it's like coconut water and algae. You know, that was my, that's my breakfast this morning and then, and getting on this call with you. That's how, and well, actually I got on a call with my mom for 45 minutes because I really needed to call her because we hadn't spoken in a while. So as soon as I got up, my, my little inner said, call your mom now. So I called her, you know, so I change it up and, and I, but I listen to what the signal is. And if I get, you know, in a situation where I'm doing the same thing over and over again, I get bored quick so I like to, you know, to to make it random.
0: I love that. I'm the same. There's a couple of things that I always do, like some sort of movement that's different and I tune in each morning and I'm like, what do you feel like today? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to do some yoga? Do you want to do a bar class? So I always tune in. So there's always some form of movement, usually a walk along the beach or something like that which is just so beautiful and always some sort of meditation. I love meditation. But then, yeah, I'm the same. Like some mornings I might want to journal. Some mornings I might want to just make my superfood green smoothie. And other mornings I might want to do a bath and dry body brushing. And I think it's really important that we tune in and listen to our intuition and follow what it's telling us because it always knows what we need in the moment.
1: I I completely agree with that. And that is really a fundamental part of my message is Get back to your intuition and instinct and follow it and listen and and work on it. Because not all of us, like Melissa, you have very activated instinct intuition. I can tell just by the way you talk about it. Not all of us are in that position. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, geez, I wish I could get to that place, it's something you have to actually nourish and work on. It's a muscle you have to exercise of activating your intuition and listening. Now, all of us have had the experience where we didn't listen to our intuition. We're like, oh, God, I should have listened. And so that's something we've got to be aware of: is the more and more that we listen, the better our life is going to flow, and that's the reward that makes it worth it. You know, so that's why I really recommend exercising that muscle and really learning about your your own inner knower.
0: Mm, I love that. Now, everyone has a different definition of success, and I think it's really important that we don't strive for anyone else's definition of success, and we stay true to ourselves and we kind of redefine what success means for us. So I'd love to know, like, what is your definition of success and, and what do you attribute your success to?
1: Great. Uh, well, my definition of success is having the best day ever every single day. And I love that phrase, the best day ever. That, that's been my phrase. Actually, SpongeBob got that phrase for me, by the way. Anybody listening who's a SpongeBob fan, <sighs> I have the letter from SpongeBob. SpongeBob was a friend, I think it's a, actually a gal who does the voice and is a friend of another friend of mine and heard me saying that today's the best day ever, today's the best day ever, today's the best day ever, and got that, you know, for that song that I think eventually made it into Spongebob, but that has been my phrase since the early 90s, and that is my goal is to have the best day ever every single day, and what's great about that phrase is when you say the best day ever, it turns it over to a higher power. I don't know what that's going to be. It could be different for you than me, but the best ever for me just shows up because I have faith. I know there is a higher power that looks after me and that will deliver what I want, which is the best ever. And so I don't know what that is, but the higher power knows what that is and just constantly, God, that, that was an unbelievable day. How could it be better? The next day is even better. And then something else happens, like that was crazy best ever. And mm-hmm. you know, that's my goal every day is to have the best day ever because that's all we got. All you got is today. You, you're not Tomorrow will never arrive. Yesterday's gone. So that's that's an important piece of the whole puzzle. I also feel like, It's important to have goals and goal setting and setting goals to me is really a part of my best day ever. And it's really part of my success because I know where I'm going and it's important to know where you're going, but it's also important not to get caught up into, well, it's got to happen this way, right? Because there might be, you know, there might be the whole thing might be showing up for you and you go, oh, it's, it's not supposed to happen that way. It's supposed to happen some other way. And your ego destroys the opportunity. This is what happened with the Nutribullet actually for me is the Nutribullet came in and I was like, oh, it's got to happen this way, this way, this way. And I, I looked at the Nutribullet situation. I was like, wait a second. This is the whole thing right here that I've been planning for 20 years. There it is. And I was like, let's do it that way. And so that's that's how the whole Nutribullet project came off is that I became you know, the co-developer of that product because I had set those goals years and years before But I wanted to build the company that distributed it and built the machines and all that stuff. But it ended up being this other group, which was perfect because then I could focus on what I love. I didn't have to build a company, the call centers, all this other stuff. And so we had a perfect arrangement together. And that to me is one of my favorite things is just setting the goal, but not getting too controlling about the goal so that you you can be flexible and go with what comes because your goals will be achieved. It's just a matter of listening and watching the signs and rolling with it.
0: Mm, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And that's, I think as well, it's very important to have those goals and then to let go of how they're going to show up because they could show up in the most random way that you least expected, like you said. And I think we just got to be open to it coming however the universe wants to deliver it.
1: it. It has happened repeatedly. I've been setting goals for 34 years, 34 years and i I know what you just said is truth. it is the truth that's that's what happens just out of nowhere all of a sudden, bam, there it is. you're like, "Whoa, and that's proof by the way, this is so important, Melissa, this is so critical. It's proof that there is a higher power and and this is the thing that people get so hung up on in our world is like the religions have been you know they've been hollowed out they've they the the real power of the religions today has been emptied out in the sense of like, look, we don't need all this you know these meaningless kind of like rituals that we're doing we just need to get to the core of the issue which is our connection to our creator and when you when you're manifesting your life and your goals you see that there is something in the universe that's listening to you and and helping and that's proof of a higher power and that's that right there sorts out so many existential crises in people because there is an ex- existential crisis of meaning happening in our world because people are not connected to their creator as soon as you start setting goals and achieving and you realize, geez, there is a force that's listening, you become connected to faith and you become connected to a higher power. That's That eliminates, it wipes out the existential angst that it, so many people are suffering from.
0: Mm, absolutely, I love that. Now let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world. Now, besides all of your amazing books, let's pretend they're already in the curriculum. What is one book that you would choose?
1: That's a great question. I really like success books like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, but I also like kind of spiritual, esoteric, but interesting and also scientific books like Michael Talbot's The Holographic Universe. So I kind of, it's a tie for those two. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich and Michael Talbot's The Holographic Universe.
0: Oh, I've not read The Holographic Universe, but I will link to it in the show notes. Nice. But Think and Grow Rich is just, oh my gosh, it's such a goodie. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well and all of your amazing books. But I would love to know, I believe, you know, that we're always working on ourselves and growing and evolving. Is there something that you're working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment?
1: Oh always. I mean always. I always want to improve my yoga every day. I always want to improve my farming skills. You know, I I've, I've really gotten into farming. I've been a farmer for really hardcore for about 14 years now. And not that I had let the, ever let that go out of my life, but now that I have my two farms and they're you know they're mine, I won't be kicked out of that property. I you know I've really invested in them in the last 14 years and that is that is an everlasting thing. You know, Thomas Jefferson said this. He said when he was old, he said, though, though I am an old man, I am yet a young farmer because there's so much to learn. It's just endless.
0: Mm. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Now, do you grow all of your own produce on your farm? Do you have animals? Like what's on your farm?
1: we grow everything. I'm, I'm actually, this is such a crazy thing, Melissa. This is literally the best ever. I'm one of the only nutritionists in the world that actually grows all my own food. Wow. And I mean, and when I mean all my own food, I'm talking about, we, I grow chocolate, I grow mangoes, I grow Rolinia, I grow Cherimoyas. I, I grow, I've been growing avocados since I was eight years old. I've been growing avocados for 40 years. Wow! I mean, that that's, so my name is, isn't David Avocado Wolf, just like, it's not like a cute little thing or whatever. It's actually, I am an avocado <laughs> grower, hardcore. And, and I do want, I want to just digress for a second on avocados. I'm growing an avocado variety that I've been working on for 20 years. It's, we call it the chip and dip avocado. It's a type of avocado. This is crazy. Listen, this, this is the best ever. There are hundreds of varieties of avocados, hundreds and hundreds that we've never had. I know at least 600 myself. There are probably at least 2000, but I know 600. The type of avocado that I love the best, the type of varieties are the Guatemalan avocados. They're real fatty and oily, but they're more like spherical shaped instead of pear shaped And the, there's one of those we call the chip and dip avocado that when it ripens, you squeeze it, it actually, the skin, when it's ripe, becomes kind of hardened, but, but is edible. And it breaks into these triangular pieces and you can literally break the skin off and dip it into the avocado and eat it. It comes with its own chip.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Like it's on corn shit. It's crazy. I mean, wow. the, if this even exists, is nuts. Now, I have one of these trees and I've been breeding it. So I've got two offspring of this tree that have very high potential to be the best ever of all time. So stay tuned on that. They've just been in the ground for about a year. And so, you know, they've been sprouted for about a year. And so we've got about another five years to go to really see, maybe six years to really see how they do and what kind of fruit they produce. But I have high hopes. For this being that this would be my entry into the World Avocado Growers Championship. Um, if there ever was such an event. I know there is going to be an event in the future like that in Mexico. So that's gonna be my entry.
0: Oh, yum. I love avocados so much. I have half a one every day in my green smoothie. I just love it. So nice. Yum. Keep me posted on how your avocados go.
1: Yeah, stay tuned.
0: <laughs> All right. I've got three rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: What is one thing that we can do today for our health? Just one thing that people can start today.
1: When you get up in the morning, make sure you drink at least a liter of pure water. It's very important to get hydrated in the morning. That's number one.
0: Yes, I agree. What is one thing that we can do for our wealth? So more abundance in all areas of our life
1: realizing you are already are abundant, coming from a place of realizing how abundant you are, how lucky you are compared to the rest of the world. That's the very beginning of all abundance, coming from a place of appreciation rather than expectation.
0: Love that. And what is one of the most important things that we could do today for more love in our life?
1: Be be more loving yourself. Bring more love into your heart. So, you know, I I really believe the world's a mirror and it, it reflects back to you what you're putting out. And so when you put out love and you love from your heart, you will receive love. Love will come bouncing back to you. So nourishing more love in your heart, creating more love in your heart, coming from a place of love will bring that into your life.
0: Mm, Beautiful. And what's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? What's really lighting you up and exciting you besides everything, because everything is the best day ever. But what is, is there anything in particular that's really bringing you a lot of joy?
1: I, I mean, I'm, we're so excited to get back to my farm and get to the vanilla. We're getting into vanilla season Yum. and um, I'm i I'm a vanilla grower. This, I mean, Melissa, I'm telling you this when you, you know, like I'm a hardcore permaculture, organic biodynamic farmer, Rudolph Steiner certified. I mean, the whole thing when it comes to vanilla. Oh my God. It's th- these vanilla beans are as thick as your pinky. And as long as a banana,
0: Wow, even
1: longer than a banana. So, you know, most of the vanilla beans we had were like, you know, shriveled up little twigs and you like, you know, you're paid like $10 for one. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh my God, this is all I'm getting. So, you know, that got me really thinking a long time ago about getting into vanilla farming, which I'm you know, now 14 years into. It's so epic. Oh my God. Just smelling it, preparing it every morning in the smoothie, fresh vanilla. Just think about that. So that's, re- I'm, I'm going to be home soon. So I'm like, very excited
0: about that. Oh, that is so awesome. I love vanilla too. Now, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Anything that I haven't asked you any parting words of wisdom or anything that yeah, you want to share with the tribe?
1: Well, the one thing I'd like to say is, you know, no matter where you are in your life, it's never too late to live and it's always too early to die. Never too late to live. It's always too early to die. So, no matter what your situation, someone's been there, even worse, got all the way back to health, wealth, happiness, whatever it was that you want. And there are so many examples of that. So, get on the train of expanding your consciousness and awareness because that's going to expand your opportunities. And with more opportunities, are more chances for success.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And we'll link to all of your social media, your website all of your books, everything in the show notes. But one more thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up is I'm a massive believer in service and being of service to others in the world. So what can I personally and the listeners do today to serve you? How can we serve you?
1: You know, I'm a fanatical tree planter and, and I have a fruit tree planting charity that plants fruit trees all over the world. So what I really, really ask everyone to do is plant something today. Plant a tree, plant parsley, (laughs) plant something today. That's what you can do for me. That would make me happy. Plant a tree in particular. I, I even got to the point when I was younger, I would even renegade plant in parks. I'd plant trees in parks, and it's just the most important thing we can do for the future is plant fruit, nut, and medicinal trees for the future.
0: And it's such a beautiful thing to do with your children. And I love that you, all the incredible work that you're doing with the Fruit Tree Planting Foundation. It's just amazing. It's so amazing. It's such a beautiful thing to do with you and your family. So plant something, you know, whether it's herbs on your balcony or, you know, go to a park and plant something. I love that. And just thank you for that beautiful work you're doing. And Thank you for this amazing time and all of your wisdom and your knowledge and for your energy. You have such a contagious energy. And, you know, when you say the best day ever, like I can really feel it and it makes me so happy. And I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that off you. I'm going to borrow it and I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to say, today is going to be the best day ever. So thank you so much for being here and all of the amazing work that you do in the world and for being a trailblazer i know it's not always rainbows and butterflies and unicorns but thank you so much and it's been an absolute pleasure after following you for so many years to have this conversation with you
1: it's been a wonderful conversation thank you so much for the opportunity and good luck with everything that you are doing it's really been great to reach out there and reach your people and with i think a really important message which which you're summarizing really wonderfully having the best day ever and by the way try it try this at home you know those shows that say don't try this at home this one you can try at home say to yourself when you get up in the morning today is going to be the best day ever and it is miraculous what will happen
0: i love it i'm gonna do it thank you so much david it's been awesome What an epic human being. I got so much out of today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that David and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 161. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Another thing I wanted to mention before I go is that if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex, All you have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And when you're there, you can also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. And did I mention it's free. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave your review right now. And before I go, thank you so much for being here. For wanting to be the best, shiniest, and healthiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, you can share it on your social media, you can email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.